Hi and welcome to this week's Three Legs, Four Wheels, F1 and we've actually got some F1 to talk about podcast. It's Paul here with... Sean. Chris. And Lee. Eventually. <laughs> we have news. There are things. It's actually proper... It's about- actual proper F1 stuff. We can talk about F1 more than we can talk about non-F1 tonight. Yeah, your intro was surprisingly short because you said Formula One podcast for the first time. Because <laughs> it's actually going to be a Formula One podcast. Yeah, are we going to get the message out to the guys to the guys that aren't listening at the minute because there's no Formula One on? We need like a signal or something to let them know that it's not just gibberish. There's actually stuff to talk about. You mean something like a bat signal, but for yeah. three legs, four wheels? <laughs> a Kimoa yeah. symbol. Yeah, well, well, we had an app. An app that could track all our listeners, so when they were close to each other, they'd know. That's called stalking. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it's available, but only through 5G. (laughs) Now, come on. We all know we're only in this mess because... No, wait, I'm not even going to go down that route. (laughs) It's Iker Clark. (laughs) (laughs) We're only in this mess because somebody wanted to have a 4K FaceTime conversation with a bat. (laughs) (laughs) the thing is i didn't even cook it that's what i don't understand (laughs) bit barbecue just come on you gotta find someone who knows how fire works (laughs) you can't just stick an animal in a hot broth and then start eating it you can't well the wwf the wwf have been campaigning for years against the trade in rare animals they got the wrong definition of rare steel chair even if you hit it with a steel chair it's not cooked (laughs) (laughs) that's one for brian cox how many times do i have to hit a chicken with a steel chair in order to transfer the amount of energy to cook it <laughs> millions and millions, probably. <laughs> but it'd be very profound. It, yeah, yeah. Well, everybody, <laughs> the answer to that lies in the mysteries of science. You went into John Lennon there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. He's, yeah, he's sorry. Not, he's not far away, though. He's not far away from a John Lennon, is he? No, not really. Mancunian John Lennon, perhaps. Yeah. Sorry, I've just seen something very disturbing on Discord. Someone on Tumblr actually calculated that. <laughs> Someone on Tumblr's got too much time on their hands. And how do our patrons know this? Come on. <laughs> Was the patron the person on Tumblr? I'm more surprised Tumblr's still a thing. <laughs> Oh my god! Right, we've, we've we've gone south. Let's 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 bring it back. So, Formula One. As News. we as we know, Ferrari and Sebastian Vettel parted company next week, which led to next week, last week. <laughs> oh god, our parting. I was trying to say for next season and last week at the same time. It, it's not going well. So. Ferrari and Sebastian Vettel have announced that they are parting company at the end of the season, which led to us recording an extra show, practically an extra show last week, the longest jump cut ever. And by Wednesday, the driver market had properly kicked off into the silly season. I think Sights to Ferrari was the first announcement, wasn't it? It actually wasn't. It was Ricardo to McLaren that was confirmed yeah. about two hours before. Ah. Which I think kind of in itself confirmed Sights to Ferrari, but... Yeah, McLaren got in there first. Well, yeah, low-key, also McLaren announcing Lando Norris for 2021. 
that seems to be glossed over by by most other people as well. The oh. announcement was Daniel Ricciardo has signed for McLaren to drive alongside Lando Norris for 2021. Most people glossed over that because Lando's contract is actually up at the end of 2020. So he's been retained for a third season. Um, so we know for a fact that Lando's in at McLaren. Daniel's in at McLaren. That pushes Carlos Sainz to Ferrari, which pushes Vettel where exactly? And this is going to be the question. We'll get into the Ferrari speculation in a bit, uh, the Vettel speculation in a bit. Because look at the looking at the first two confirmed moves, um, Carlos Sainz going to Ferrari. It's he's going there as a number two. Totally, you th- I, I think if that's the if that's the intention, then Ferrari have just opened the door to more problems for themselves. Because I think Carlos Sainz is better than Charles Leclerc. This is what Martin Brundle was saying on the. Sky F1 show this afternoon was that Ferrari probably have signed him as a number two, but that will be a mistake. Yeah, I would agree with that. And um, was Lee, was it you that found the uh, the Mattia Binotto statement where it's just like we want to turn Charles into a winner, and yeah. Carlos can help, and Carlos can help with that. It's like uh, Carlos is not going there to just sit there and be a good boy and do what he's told. But the thing with Carlos as well, unless they th- start throwing him under the bus and sticking him in the pits when he doesn't need to go into the pits and stuff like that, like what we what we would consider a standard Ferrari maneuver, I suppose. Um, I uh, I think like science is quick is quicker than Charles to the point where it won't take him too many races to just naturally be ahead through race pace. So it won't. It's not going to be. Um, I think I think he'll be magnitudes ahead of him because Charles Leclerc has proven to be as fast as a rubbish Sebastian Vettel. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all he's done. All he's done is been slightly better than a Vettel firing on like half a cylinder from what we what we're used to seeing. Yeah, he's not been top level Vettel for for a while has he which is something we discussed in the uh, in the in the really long jump cut last week um yeah 20, 20 plus minutes a new jump cut record it was yeah do we do we think science is uh, has made a good decision because we know that we, other drivers have made poor decisions by by you know going for top level teams in the past and it hasn't worked out for them and you know their potential race winner stroke world champion just falls away into the ether and gets forgotten about. Do you think Carlos Sainz has uh, done his career good by moving to Ferrari or do you think he's potentially damaged it because Ferrari won't let Charles be number twoed, if you know what I mean? I I think it's it's the right move because you don't know when that seat's going to become available again. I mean, we've seen with people like Perez, Hulkenberg, you, you can kind of see like, oh, they would do well if they were in the top team, but that opportunity doesn't always open up. So if you're offered it, you kind of have to go for it. Yeah, yeah. I I think he's made the wrong move. You know, I it, think it, um, it was like when Ferrari sorry, go on, when Ferrari signed Eddie Irvine. That was the only way that he was going to get into a top team. That was it. That was the right move for Irvine, definitely at the time, uh, and. Uh, 
let, remember as well, it, it was before the precedent was put that, like, Yoshimaka's bitch. You know, it was it was before like he was the first bitch, wasn't he? Yeah, I think Irvine was was Irvine signed before Schumacher. Uh, I can't remember. I well, they were, they started the same year though, didn't they? Yeah, they started the same year in '96 at Ferrari, but yeah. I think it was because it was a real massive shock because Irvine had been kind of quick, but also a bit of a liability at Jordan. And sometimes could win, could show that he might win a race if he was put in the, you know, in the position, or you know, could get a podium, or could very well put it into the wall uh, and endanger the lives of eight other drivers whilst doing it. I've got it. Um, I've got it in my head that it was all announced at the same time because Ferrari came out with this announcement saying, "We've signed Michael Schumacher, Ross Brown, and Rory Byrne from Benetton, and they're, they're the dream team." I know Eddie Irvine's going to be driving the other car. <laughs> Yeah, it, I, quite possibly yeah. could have been. I mean, don't, don't I remember. Don't forget, back then the Sorry. internet was in black and white, so you had to wait a week for it to be published. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And also, I, I, I remember the shock of Schumacher. I, I, my stepdad, my had the uh, Formula One magazine. He bought the Formula One magazine uh, when um, Schumacher signed for Ferrari, and. Because it was such a big shock and big news, like Michael Schumacher's going to Ferrari. What? Um, and I seem to remember the, the news that Irvine signed before Schumacher's was a big shock. And then Schumacher was announced, and it was just like, oh my god, that's how I remember it. Might not be correct. No, it's one for the historians. I'm sure somebody will find, somebody will be able to find it somewhere on the internet. Hint, hint to everyone that's listening to the live stream. <laughs> yeah, but uh, just just quickly, uh, do you not think that there's more chance of McLaren? Like, you, it, there shouldn't be more chance of McLaren fighting for a championship. The, the well, it, in the sort of like short to long term, but Ferrari have got this knack of just falling over themselves, and now they've gone yeah. and got two really competitive drivers, which they've shown in the past. They have no idea how to handle it when two drivers are going to be competitive with each other. I um. I think the, there's a 75% chance in my head that McLaren will be able to fight for the world championship next year with a Mercedes engine in the back of it instead of the Renault engine. And I would go as far as to say a 95% chance. When you look at how they've developed over the few, over the, uh, few years, in, when 2022 comes, that McLaren will be a championship contender. Yeah, I'm not sure 2021 will be a good year for them because they they have to stick with this design and put a McLaren, um, sorry a McLaren, um, yeah, put a Mercedes engine in the back where where they've designed for a Renault to go. Um, it did do badly for Braun though, did it? Sticking a different lump in it. N- no, but they did have to make some very final design changes at the last minute. I'm sure that McLaren will have. You know the ability to make some changes. Yeah, but, but it's it's kind of the it's kind of the complete opposite of what Braun had because Braun spent two years working on that one car. McLaren have got one car that's working for over two years. And, no, but the, and, yeah. the, and having even, to make even it, when the when even when it was announced, they were um, uh, like when this when the the cars carrying over was announced, it was like the same day, wasn't it? Saying that there were special concessions for engine changes. So like any any alterations they have to do will be there and to be perfectly honest when we we know that if there's something to be flexed in formula one it's going to be flexed until it fucking snaps 
Um, McLaren will probably end up turning that grey area into a slight advantage for them to change bits of the car that other teams probably aren't allowed to. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, I think they will be allowed to make minor changes, but the the rule change is the big thing for McLaren, and they're getting they're, they've learned from their mistake last time when they left it a year and then put the Honda in, um, which was so troublesome as we covered many hours in this podcast <laughs> but the uh three years the, i do believe change, yeah <laughs> but changing the engine a year before or changing any engine manufacturer a year earlier before the that's the right way to do it if you right this is the engine manufacturer we want to push forward with they're going to develop the car together for 2022 and they're going to they're going to be able to you know push forward as not as one because obviously the mercedes team is at the moment still a thing but the, the, the relationship is going to be there going into that rule change rather than trying to build it after the rules have been changed. So I've, I don't think 2021 is going to be a, a, you know, a massive step forward for McLaren, but I do think 2022 is a, it's essentially the reset that 2014 was really, isn't it? Let's be honest. Oh, I think, I think they'll be the outsiders. You know, if, uh, but with the, what I mean is with the Mercedes engine in the back of it, I think they will be like solidly like one of the top three teams like co- like competing with who um, whoever the third team is like with Ferrari essentially because I think Red Bull will probably have ended up jumping Ferrari. Um, you know they're going to be there, and depending on what happens then, with I mean realistically, I think uh, it's kind of unprecedented territory this year we could end up with a surprise championship winner this year just because of how odd and fast-paced the season's going to come at people yeah and vettel now has no incentive whatsoever not to drive into his teammate correct which they were so good at last year (laughs) Uh, do you know what if if vettel can not if, if vettel can manage to drive without spinning um, <laughs> Big if, but go on. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, um, he is so much better at working a race out while he's in the car. You know, it's something we've seen for a while with Vettel. Um, and if he's out there from the first race, just driving for himself, that could get very interesting. Yeah, he might end up with a world championship when he when he ditches Ferrari to just drive for Vettel. That'd Doing be a massive, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah, Vettel drives for Vettel now. You remember when Massa said that when he when he was dumped by Ferrari, Massa yeah. drives for for Mappa, for Massa now, not for Ferrari. And Massa did okay, I think, in his last few races at Ferrari. But the uh, but yeah, um, Vettel driving for Vettel might, uh, just in a car that just happens to be red uh, might might be quite entertaining. It'll, it'll be something. It'll be something to see because I mean Vettel hasn't driven on his own merits for a few years now. Imagine if he does win the world championship and then retires. Ferrari are going to feel like massive dicks. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, I spec- could, could you imagine that? Right, that um, I, I've been right all along. Let's 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 pretend that because it, it's 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 easy. Um, Vettel <laughs> Vettel goes out and has a how smashing the, season. How are those painkillers? Kill- how are the painkillers that you're on at the minute? Are they they're not affecting you? Strong, in the strong, <laughs> pretty strong. <laughs> Um, Vettel, uh, Vettel goes out and smashes it, and, and is the old Vettel that we that we remember in Red Bull. Um, mm-hmm. Charles Leclerc is what I think he is, which is at best 
a second driver, at worst, a mid-grid driver. And, uh, you know, it's the, they're going to be left with like a, a leaving world champ- champion and think and look at it, uh, Charles Leclerc going, oh, he was our future. So back in the real world. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't think it's out of question for Vettel to put Charles, even without championships, completely in the shade before he leaves. I think it's that, within the realms of possibility. I think he'll have a I think he'll have a damn good go, but the issue is going to be a Ferrari going to actually let him because I mean they can you know they still have it in in them to screw up his race even if he's only driving for himself. Oh yeah, well it'll be so obvious. Yeah, it, it would be so obvious, and I I really don't think because he is leaving because like the, the the deal's done, regardless of where he goes afterwards, we know he's not going to be in Ferrari. Um, I don't think they can do that because it, it, it will be it will be too much of a uh, media storm for Ferrari, even for Ferrari to just fuck over a four-time world champion on his way out the door. That's it's not even that's not even in Ferrari's playbook. I think I think the only press that Ferrari are concerned about is the um, is the Italian press, and they could spin the story that. Uh, you know, Vettel wasn't being a team player, and you know he, you know he needs to be taught a lesson. And we've had to, we've had to bring him back into line. And the Italian sports press will they, swallow that up because that is the kind of thing that they I, go for. Yeah, but the fans won't. The, the Italian press will say what they want, but um, Ferrari fans, are for for whatever faults they've got, there's two things they fucking love Ferrari, and they know Formula One, and they understand Formula One. And when people do well in Ferrari, they support them and they get behind them. So it like I, even even just if Vettel if Vettel does do well, that'd be bad for Ferrari anyway because your your Ferrari fans would be going, well, "Why is our champion going?" You know, it's it's odd. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a strange thing for Ferrari to do. I mean, there's there's been there's been stories coming out that uh, he was never even offered any kind of deal, and it had been I, and, and it had all been decided over the, the winter. Yeah, and that he pushed the story that he was leaving. You know, Ferrari didn't want to announce anything, and it was him that leaked his own leaving story. Do we reckon he leaked their IndyCar thing as well? Because that came out like on the same day. Do we reckon Seb's just gone round like texting everyone? <laughs> just everything he knows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Hey, Lewis, I'm sure, I'm you know sure how my... we're really good friends. Well, this is what this is what Ferrari are planning for the next two seasons. Good luck with your next two world championships. I think it will be Toto <laughs> that got that for text. Yeah, maybe. It yeah, might I'm, be, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if anyone's privy to any confidential insider Ferrari information, there'll be a home for it at McLaren again. Just drop it off at, uh, what was it, Speedy Copies in Woking. <laughs> Is that next to the Pizza Express? <laughs> 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 you see, I, I couldn't have been I couldn't have been in the Ferrari garage on that day because I was actually at Speedy Copy <laughs> and Woking. And Fernando Alonso rarely goes to Speedy Copies, so he remembers that day well. Excellent bantering. (laughs) (laughs) Moving swiftly on. Um, So, Danny Richter McLaren, is that the best move for him right now or what? Out of Renault is the best move, so, yeah. Yeah, 
definitely. Yeah, it was the move that he maybe you could have argued he should have made in 2018, but then obviously we wouldn't have Carlos Sainz at McLaren to then move up to Ferrari. Um, but yeah, it's end of 2018. We know that he was in talks with McLaren and then and then plumped for Renault because of whatever lies they told them about how powerful their engine was going to be the next year. Remember when Christian Horner said that? We, uh, we know what Renault have done to get hold of Danny. They've lied to him. Um, turns out Christian Horner was correct. <laughs> well, well, I mean, what, what, what Cyril Abita will actually said to him was... <laughs> More of yeah. an incantation than a sentence. <laughs> Do you reckon that's it? Ricardo just didn't hear properly and went, all oh, right, yeah, fine. <laughs> I barely heard $40 million. <laughs> that bit, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like that episode of Faulty Towers, isn't it? You heard that well enough without your hearing aid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, but I, I think I think Ricardo uh, to McLaren is is a really good move um, for both. Actually, I think he's gonna, I think he's the right person to help um, bring Lando along as well. Um, bring him on a bit as a as Lando develops over the next couple of years. Big beavers um, to his butthead. <laughs> yeah, that is going to be an entertaining yeah. pairing, if nothing else. Just the press I briefings. Am, I am tired of that. The, the only thing people are talking about, though, is, oh, how good teammates are they going to be? Yeah, they're going to make really good teammates because they're really good drivers. Yeah, it's, and then, I'm glad we'll yeah. get a couple of memes out of it, but fucking hell, can you think about sport? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, until, good un- friends, but... until we say a car do a lap in anger. No, we fucking can't. Yeah, I, and the, the other thing to think about as well is it's all well and good saying, oh, aren't they going to be in there? Aren't they going to be good together? Yeah, let's see how close they are. Let's see how close they are in performance. And then let's see how often those fucking memes happen, if that happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I actually think Danny Rick will probably be... I don't know, actually. I was going to say I thought Danny Rick would be um, you know, ahead of Lando, but that might take a little while to transpire because you know Danny Ricardo's coming into a new team. Sometimes it takes you a little while to get your feet under the table. It did with him at Renault, if you remember. He was behind Hulkenberg to start with. And then uh, he, over- he overturned that quite soon. I think he but... overturned Hulkenberg, but I'd, I'd argue that he never truly got on top of that Renault. No, no, never. He, he never got used to driving it. He, he may no. encounter the same problems at McLaren, but I think, I mean, don't, I think going don't... to McLaren is a really good move for, for, for Danny Ricciardo. We mentioned, didn't we, about Vettel maybe going to McLaren? Uh, yeah. like, because they're such a data-driven, um, data-driven team, much like Red Bull. Um, I think Danny Rick will feel more at home with McLaren for that reason. It might feel more like a Red Bull organization thing, surrounded by data. Um, obviously, every Formula One team is surrounded by data. That's a really silly thing to say, um, but you know, with the same kind of philosophy as his old team rather yeah. than whatever philosophy Renault are putting in at the moment which just seems to be shrug your shoulders grunt and walk off <laughs> I mean don't, don't forget Lando when Lando and Danny are finally teammates next year Lando's going to have an advantage because he'll have had a year in the car already but a Renault powered car but, not a Mercedes all right, the, Ren- the Renault powered version of it the Mercedes one will act differently but he'll have had a bit he'll have had a, a grounding in the basics of that particular car for a number of races between eight and nineteen. How yeah. tall? How tall is Carlos Sainz? Uh, okay, Google. How <laughs> tall is Carlos Sainz? <laughs> and all of a sudden, everybody's Google nests have kicked off. Because <laughs> Ricardo Carlos is Sainz. one of the taller drivers, is he not? 
Apparently they're the same height. Two Are they a now? centimeter. Good lord. According that... to Google, they're both one point seven eight meters. Which means they're shorter than me. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, so are a lot of people. Yeah, there is that. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to sort of then verge off into a Hulkenberg taking Perez's seat at Sauber type kind of thing and the fact that he never really fit in the car, but that will obviously not be so, an issue then if they're the same height. Yeah, you. I, I would have said that, that um, Danny Rick was taller than Sainz as well. He, he looks slimmer, perhaps. Maybe that's the, the illusion. I always thought Mark Webber was really tall, but he's not. He was just always super skinny. Yeah, it's like it's like when you see uh, Alonso stood next to somebody and he actually looks like a jockey. <laughs> I think Alonso is short though, isn't he? I think so. Yeah, that rings up. Yeah, not, not Anthony Davidson short. No, I think I think no, that, he's, I think he, I think Alonso's about five seven, about the same height as me. That's pretty short, Paul. Sorry. Again, you are unfeasibly tall. So. Alonso is apparently one meter seventy one. So just a, a couple of inches shorter than, than Danny Rick and Carlos yeah. Sainz then. This is the <laughs> F1 Driver Hype Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't actually really mean to start something there. <laughs> but no, apparently what I've yeah, no, what I know, trouble fitting I know in the car. Going with that, mm. some... Sorry, Paul, go on. I was going to say, so apparently what I've trouble fitting in the car. Yeah, you can find it though, can't you? Sometimes where drivers, Nigel Mansell, for example, is too fat for the McLaren in '95. But the, um, you know, you, you find it. Some drivers just don't adapt to cars. Danny Rick, like Lee just said, he never got on top of it. He never really felt comfortable with the Renault. Uh, and we heard, I think, in Drive to Survive, where he said, you know, it's a racing car, so you should be able to drive it with your eyes closed. But to really get on the limit, you need to know exactly what that car's going to do at any second. And he didn't feel that way with the Renault early in the season. And he probably didn't feel like that later on in the season either. I mean, he did, he um, did, he did, he did say, I think, at one point, I don't, don't think it was in Drive to Survive, but I think it was actually in, a, in an interview at a race. And I think it might have been, it was either Belgium or Italy, where he said, I finally got to grips with this. Yeah. It'd be interesting season... this year when when the cars actually hit the track because it, if I rem- what I remember from testing like all those decades ago, <laughs> um, the Renault when, when it actually like got going properly in testing didn't look too shabby because it looked like kind of on the same pace as McLaren. You know they it, it was a it was a choice of like who was who was fourth between those two and then what was Racing Point actually doing, wasn't it? Well, I think it was who was fifth because I think Racing Point ended up being fourth for most of the tests. Yeah, but it was that thing of like, how is this going to try? How's how's last year's Mercedes actually going to translate in race pace? Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that is uh, that is true. But uh, I'm I'm sticking my neck out as far, far enough to say that Ricardo to McLaren is a career saving move. If yeah, if he hadn't of. Um, if he hadn't been able to make the move out of Renault by the end of 2020, um, I think we would have seen one of the one of those driver declines where, oh, they could have been great, but they've just completely fallen off. You know, it'd have ended up in um, in a Williams or his you, name would have oh, become a verb oh, for the podcast. Oh, he's Ricardo'd it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Absolutely. Um. You see, again, I don't, I don't think it's, it, I don't think it has any bearing really on where Renault goes like this year, what the, what their performance is like. 
but it seemed regardless of what regardless of how the car turned out i think the relationship seemed so strained between ricardo and renault even even the way cyril beatable had a a swipe at him on the way out the door didn't he about um, like needing a commit committed driver um you know it's uh, clearly they weren't getting on you had a committed driver. His name was Nico Hulkenberg. You got rid of him. Yeah, but then he made a snipe about him not having any podiums, didn't he? Do we think Cyril Abitabul is just a bit of a bitch? Yeah. He, he doesn't look like a nice guy, does he? No. Yeah. He, he, look, he looks like that middle management guy that everybody knows. That He's never, he's never going to be happy because he's, he's always going to do well, but not quite as well as he thinks he should have done. Dominic Raab. <laughs> yes absolutely do, do, do you know what I don't think at this present moment in time there is anybody better you could have said <laughs> uh, like the upside down turtle on a fence post <laughs> we know he didn't get there by himself he has no idea what he's doing up there so how did he get up there? <laughs> you say we've got F1 to talk about, but there's still complete tangents. <laughs> Next one. Some question marks to Renault. Yeah. Apparently, Fernando Alonso is negotiating with the Renault team for... Uh, about the availability of the seat for 2021. And a couple of places, including a very unreliable website um, that likes to make shit up, um, were saying that Liberty is stepping in to help fund this. This has been formally denied by Liberty. It has been formally denied. That's fine. As long as it's been formally denied. Because I was going to say that... That seems like a very strange thing to do. Well, the fans want Alonso, so we're going to help to pay to bring him back. That seems like you'd never get any new drivers in if you did that. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't think it's stupid. I don't think it would be stupid on Liberty's part, though. Look at, look at IndyCar. Do you, do you know what I mean? There's, there is undoubtedly an Alonso effect with, with like viewers. In that in that particular arena, there was because he was jumping over to IndyCar. He missed the Monaco Grand Prix to do to do Indy the first time. That was a yeah. that was a huge thing. But in terms of Alonso being in a Renault in Formula One, we've seen that before. <laughs> we have, but With what varying I found interesting. What I found interesting at the weekend was um, I watched the uh, race, you know, the Legends race which was Fernando Alonso's first go in at esports yeah. and uh, it did, didn't go well he wasn't he wasn't great at esports he's got his but, own uh, team hasn't he though yes you would, yeah, you would think yeah. he'd have he, had a, a spin at some point but well his his simulator was delivered 2 hours i think it was before the um, oh, that's the event fine. happened so for the yeah. first three so, laps, uh, first three laps he was still downloading windows updates pretty much <laughs> But like well, it's, it's tonight's the, podcast. Their 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 next race is the Indy 500, so I think that's why he's he's jumped in to do because he wants to do the esports Indy 500 one. But we, anyway, we had a seat we had a seat for him last weekend in ours. I know, 
but regardless of that, what the interesting thing was, um, where I was watching it on YouTube, and I uh, I was looking at the comments, and I think there was something like three thousand people watching it live at that point, and the amount of comments that were just people saying when's Fernando's race, when's Fernando's race, when's Fernando's race, and then some very patient person was replying to them saying, half six, half six. Such and such <laughs> was Spanish it you? Time, Were you six. the person? No. Yeah, no, no he, he, was a, he was the one asking when the race was. I have for that. I haven't got the patience for that, nor the uh, um, mathematical ability to quickly work out all the time zones. But, um, yeah, there's an effect. The thing is, though, Lee, you're kind of contradicting yourself here because, you know, you're a little bit down on Lando at the minute because he's popular on the internet. Yeah, the internet wants Fernando back, and that's the best thing ever. No, I'm not down on I'm not down on Lando because he's popular on the internet. I'm down. On, I I said that maybe he goofs around too much. There's he a difference, that, didn't he? He admitted yeah, that at he, the end of last season. It's, and it's said, not you just know, me. He said that. Yeah, he he said he needs to be, he needs to toughen up a bit and maybe be a bit more serious to have yeah. um, a better shot of success. I don't I don't get it. Right, to be perfectly honest, I don't get the. This like small group of it's cool to hate Fernando all of a sudden. Well, I don't, I don't understand where it's come from. The, the, the like the time in McLaren, like he, all the way through McLaren up until to when he literally left, we knew that was a guy outperforming a terrible car, terrible car, and a terrible engine. And I think when he said the GP2 engine quote. We all said it was the right, like it wasn't a bad thing he said because he he meant it. You know, he he, Honda he needed to factually hear something correct. Like that. Yeah, but he, but Honda needed that embarrassment, I think, to move forward. Yeah, I know what you're saying. It was uh, back in the Honda days when McLaren and Honda were really not getting on at all, but. I think I don't think it's hate for Alonso. It's just, it's just it's a case of I feel it a little bit. I, I I would quite like to see Fernando back, but at the same time, it's like there are a string of other drivers waiting to get into the sport, and you're going to bring back the guy who's like retired. And you know, he had a great run, but he's is it, his time was done. He had his donut celebration. Is he still in. one of the best drivers in the world? I don't know. Well, I I think he is. I don't know if he is or not. Um, I do know he's better than any of the young drivers that could come through. And I do know he's better than a good chunk of the grid that's there right now. So the I, reason... I would prefer to get Fernando Alonso in that, in that Renault for a couple of years than Jack Aitken. Well, it would, it would probably be Guangyu Zhou if you put a, a, a young... Renault driver in the only reason that that brings me nicely actually to this the only reason I can see that you go for Fernando Alonso is if Renault wanted to go down the route of experienced driver young driver because all right Ocon's not a young driver anymore he's had two and a two and a half seasons in Formula One Mm -hmm. and and a season out you know under the wing at Mercedes you know waiting for waiting for a seat somewhere so he's he's well versed in in Formula One he's not fresh-faced by any means but I could understand why Renault might not want Esteban Ocon to be a team leader alongside someone like Guangyu Zhou or 
as you said, Jack Aitken or you know anyone else that they might choose to pick from the from the pool of young talent. I can understand why that might be a problem. That's the only reason I can see for bringing Fernando Alonso back because I don't think that Renault is going to be in a position to do anything in the next five years. Um, not this year, definitely. Not next year, definitely. But the the rule changes are going to be such a shake-up that that's, that's got to be Fernando's plan with this, I think, is he knows he's going to come, come back to a shithole of a Renault. He, kn- he knows that. Or if, if, if it's not a shithole, it's going to be like an upper-mid-grid car. Um, but who knows what happens in 2022? You know, we've, we, we're constantly hearing about the, them wanting to close the teams up to have budget caps to try and bring the teams together. I think Fernando Alonso, be, and he, he might be right, he, he might be wrong. I think he thinks if you can give him a car within half a second of the fastest car, I think he thinks he's worth half a second. He might, and he might be wrong, but it, if we've got a bunched up grid for uh, 2022, you know, it's, that's, that would be his opportunity to steal one. If he, if he is as good as he thinks he is, to, to the point where I, I think he probably thinks he's the greatest driver that's ever lived. Um, the, the issue, the issue I, is going to be, after two years out of F1, has he still got it? I think if he wasn't driving top flight motorsport, then... You, you could count him out, but between WEC, what he's done in IndyCar, and bombing around the rest of the place, he he he's never retired from racing. You know, he's he's been a professional, busy racing driver. He seems to have been at McLaren every other fucking weekend on the simulator. Um, so yeah, I, but I don't, I, yeah, but I, again, I going back, not, to... it's not Jacques Villeneuve. It's not Jacques Villeneuve coming back to Formula. But go, going back to what you said about Ocon, you know, he shouldn't come back. He's had a year out. He's not. He's not going to be able to hack it. He's Alonso's not, young, never going to be as good as Fernando Alonso. Alonso Alonso's had um, some time out. I mean, when, when was his last race? You can't really count Dakar as top top flight motor racing because that is just. Um... You can count WEC though, I, but I, I don't I don't think Ocon and Alonso can be counted in the same breath. That's but it's, the, but the it's thing been, with Ocon is, but it's been I, nine months. I don't since. think he was in. No, no, it's not just a time thing with Ocon though. I don't think he was impressive when he was in Formula One. That's the difference. I don't think Ocon showed that he was good enough to fall out of Formula One and come back. No, I, well, I, I think he, I think he was too good to get binned in the first place. Yeah, I oh, agree. Yeah, I think yeah. he was pushed aside for Stroll um, when Daddy Stroll bought the team, and I think he would either, he'd either be still be at that team or would have already replaced Valtteri Bottas had he stayed in Formula One the first time I'd around. Agree, I'd agree he deserved a longer go than he got. In the same way as I think Anthony Davidson deserved a longer go in Formula One, or. Um, I suppose uh, Dan, uh, um, Paul Darista is probably the the closest comparison because I think Darista and Ocon are probably quite similar like, level drivers. Um, but like when Dur- I know Darista had that one race in uh, Hungary, didn't he, for Williams? But when he fell out of Formula One and he was trying to get back in, he hadn't done enough in his Formula One career to show that he that he could get back in the door. And that's what I think. That that's what I think with Ocon. 
I don't I don't think he did enough first time round to show that he was good enough to come back. And that's why I think that coupled with what what's gonna be by the time he gets back in the car now, not just a season out, a year and a half out of Formula One. Right, well, or out of motorsport as well. That's the difference. He hasn't been racing anything. He's been sat on the pit world, hasn't he, with uh Total Wolf most of the time. Um it's gonna be interesting to see what he does. I think the thing is with Ocon though, I think as well, it wasn't just I don't think he lost his seat because there was a lack of pace or anything like that. I think it was more no. his inability to be a teammate and how often he came into yeah. Perez and the tangling and the with Verstappen. Daddy Daddy so Stroll as well. But um So what you're trying to say is that between him, Cyril Abitable and Alonso, those personalities should get on amazingly. Oh yes, him and him and Alonso as teammates has I, that could end Renault in F1. We know they're on the verge of pulling out anyway. If that goes horrific and Alonso starts calling that car a GP2 car, that that will probably be Renault off again for however long. No, that's the thing. Alonso's been in that many different series. He'll shout out things like Indy Lights or uh, GTM. He'll forget. He'll forget where he is. <laughs> um, well, I mean, we you'll, be able, well you'll be able to Mercedes you'll... as well because it's kind of the same conversation. This isn't it. Because if you it's mean, not Alonso going Vettel to Renault, go? yeah, if it's not Alonso going to Renault, like Vettel's going to be on the shopping list. I, I just, I can't see Vettel going to Renault. Um, he turned McLaren I, down, apparently. Vettel did. Well, well, the McLaren that... has said that they never considered him. Although, I suppose I if someone says Vettel they're not interested, himself. then you won't consider them. Yeah, but. <laughs> There was a very brief chat, and the answer was no, because apparently McLaren. Uh, I think that I think that may have come from somewhere else um, in within McLaren, actually. So I think they probably contradicted themselves here, because they said that Zach Brown said that they hadn't considered Sebastian Vettel, and then I think somebody else had said that they didn't think that they could produce a winning car within three years. So Sebastian went no. Did they forget to switch Martin Whitmarsh's email account off when he left? <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he just tried it one day for a joke. <laughs> oh, yeah, still logged in. It's, it's like when... Um, it's like Found a, his old Blackberry. <laughs> it's like a mate of mine. He changed companies, and for three years they didn't, um, they didn't ask for his uh, car park fob off him. So he got free parking at the expense of his old employers every day. Ace. <laughs> I think I think I I think I know where Vettel could end up. Mercedes, Alpha. No, it's too close. Too close to Ferrari. This is not a this is not a harmonious separation. I don't know. I would agree because I think I think Kim I think Kimmy will actually go at the end of the year. I think I think he'll he, finally retire. There's no no chance. The only reason Vettel will stay in Formula One is if he's going to be in a car capable of winning. And and essentially to redeem his legacy, he's not going to do that on an Alfa Romeo. It's Mercedes or nothing, I think, for Vettel. Yeah, I, I think he'll get it as well. It makes sense. I don't know. I've just, I've just, I've just, I, I can just I can just see him driving an Alfa. Um, my the the reason because it it kind of goes um, against what I was thinking about Total leaving or Mercedes pulling out because. If Mercedes aren't pulling out of Formula One, then it it works for Mercedes because you're not going to have the 
the season that Mercedes probably wanted to evaluate George Russell. Uh, and to be fair, he's pro. They're probably he's probably not going to have the car again for Mercedes to evaluate him properly. By getting Vettel in on a two-year two-year deal, you it's. Toto Wolff said in an interview today that uh, it's a massive marketing opportunity to have him drive for Mercedes. Um, you, it would be interesting. I, I think both Vettel and Hamilton are mature enough drivers to fight for a championship between the two of them and it not go Rosberg Hamilton way. Oh, I don't Baku 2017. I'm sure that's what people said about Senna and Prost as teammates. Maybe, yeah, but I, th- I, I, I just think that it would be. I don't think it would be fun for you know for for either of them. But I think it would be more manageable than Rosberg Hamilton, purely because Vettel's probably a bit better than Rosberg, and I don't think you'd need quite as many mind games going on with uh, inter-team politics. There's what what Nico needed to do to win a championship. Do you know who'd be the net winner out of that? I think Max Verstappen. Red Bull. Max Verstappen. Probably, um, but what what allows uh, Total Wolf to do with his newfound shares in Aston Martin is to get George Russell into an Aston Martin next year, where he knows that you know, he knows there's going to be some sort of technical hookup with Mercedes. He's probably going to have a a solid mid grid car to show what to show everybody what he can do, and then they can they can assess George for. 2021-2022 because I reckon Vettel would get a uh, a 2021 contract with a 2022 option of the option on Mercedes side you've just got to wonder with that scenario though um, which Aston Martin point force Jordan spiker driver would get the boot because I mean Perez brings in an absolute fortune alright daddy strolls completely loaded but would you know? Would Lawrence Stroll get rid of his own son? Of course he would. He's a businessman. He and he's he's in that team now, not just for his son. He's in that team because he wants to be a Formula One team owner. I think, uh, I, 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 I think Stroll will be gone this year or the end of the year. I, I, I also would agree that Stroll is on a, a bit of a clock because you don't go recruiting shareholders like Toto Wolf if you're in it just for lols. How long before we see, um, this is further down, but we'll do this now, how long before we could potentially see the Aston Martin IndyCar team with Lance Stroll driving it just to give him something to do? Maybe that that could be the uh, Daddy Stroll lols. I don't, I mean, he's, he's, he's obviously not like, he's not a great Formula One driver. He's not, you know, he doesn't deserve to be in Formula One. But he's obviously not a bad racing driver. He's better you know than I mean? he's, he, he's he, better. He's better than Kamui Kobayashi. Um, I could see whatever the like supercar thing. But if anything happens with that, you know, or um, or Austin Martin running like a a Le Mans car, Don't, like a GT a GT hmm. car. The were gonna, there was going to be the hypercar, but then there isn't. Then there might be. Then the they've got they've got something else now, and it's got lots of letters in it. Yeah, LMP. Well, is, is it going to merge with DTM as well? Is that the idea? D- DTM emerging with, with the Japanese Super G- one, Super yeah. GT. So they want their right. cars to both be essentially the same, so that they could flip between the two. Oh, it's um, IMSA. It's IMSA is the one that yeah 
um, WEC is trying to combine itself with. That right. sounds like some sort of agency that you would complain about TV programs to. What, IMSA? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think my opinion on the whole Stroll thing, I don't th- I think I think Lawrence Stroll's investment is in in his son. He wants that dream of daddy son world champion. Um, and I don't know. I know you keep saying, you know, he's smart, he's a businessman, etc. But I, I honestly think he's one of these people who thinks if I just keep throwing money at this, eventually it'll happen. I don't know. I don't think you get to where he is by being an idiot. And the other, the other thing is as well, if you're if you're constantly throwing your son into something that he's not good at, um, I think you'd be worried. I think I think you would be worried throwing him into Formula One year and year and year, and him not improving because. It's a dangerous sport, so you'd want you'd want what was best for him, and you'd want him to succeed. Um, you know, you, and if he's not succeeding, you're not going to be happy. So it's it's I available. It's available just online. See it. It's available online. I think uh, I think you can find it on YouTube. Have a look for an ESPN documentary called The Marinovich Project. It was about this NFL quarterback who basically was bred to be a quarterback by his dad. Um, he had him playing with a toy football while he was still in his cot and basically just drilled it into him from when he could walk that he was going to be an NFL quarterback. And the poor guy didn't know any different. I think his first overdose was when he was 25. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it sounds like a most like extreme situation, <laughs> what this is. I mean, <laughs> we, we, so we see. We see the whole like soccer mom and like sports parents thing all the time, don't we? But I, I don't think that you, you, you're not talking about someone that can't do it. You're talking about somebody that is clearly a talented racing driver. He's just not a Formula One driver. It just depends if his dad can see that or not. But like Sean said, I don't, I don't think you get people like Toto Wolf like jumping on board. For uh, I, I don't think you buy Austin Martin either. I think because you would just continue to fund. Don't, it's a big India. investment, isn't it? Don't, for... don't forget the shares yeah. that Toto's got are non-voting. They are, oh, but no, he was—he says he was recruiting people for financing for that thing. But you could go and get anyone for financing. He just happens to get someone who also understands F one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this 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 one's it's going to play out over a long time, and I think it's going to be painful to watch. I don't, I don't think it'll be painful because it's not um, the the most the most like, the most painful. It's not like Stroll is unbelievably crashy, is it? You know, it's not like he's he's just going around doing stupid things all the time. He's just not quick enough. He's not and quick enough, if, and he never checks his mirrors. No, but especially if that car's good this year, like if 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 it ends up being like fourth, fifth, third best car on the grid, whatever it ends up being, we know Perez is going to constantly stick that car on the podium where it can go. You know, it's, we know he's going to get, like like a Nico Rosberg sort of driver, he's a really good yardstick of where a car can be. So, if, if Lance Stroll is going to get destroyed by him, and it's going to be so obvious... I think I think for I think for Lance Stroll to lose his seat there, he would have to be completely and utterly annihilated and annihilate himself. But he's been annihilated. 
Like he's he's been annihilated all the time, but it's been he's been annihilated in not a, a particularly good car. The difference is this time he's going to be annihilated in a car that seems to be like upper half of the midfield from like from the word go. So if he's qualifying eighth and Perez is fourth, you know it, th- that's a huge gap, and I I. I I just I don't think he'd want to do it. You even as a driver, um, you you want to succeed, and I, there must be a point. There's a point there where people realise they can't do things. I think that that's approaching old stroll. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that one goes. We'll do the IndyCar thing now because um, I already mentioned it as a possibility for Aston Martin, which I th- I I think could happen because. The, the cost of running an IndyCar team are considerably lower than running an F1 team. And yeah, I think we'll see a few more Formula 1 teams getting interested in it as well. Obviously, McLaren are kind of doing both in their partnership, but now Ferrari are looking at it. <laughs> yeah, this kind of came well, out of the blue, didn't it, a bit? This was a, an announcement I don't think anyone really <laughs> saw coming. They're evaluating the possibility, aren't they? They're not really. They're not, they're not seriously like, hmm, how do we build an Indy car? Because you don't have to. Because they get built for you. Yeah, and um, they've already built one in the past. Have? Yeah, I read something, and I can't. I can't remember where. I'll. Um, I will look it up at some point. But yeah, Ferrari actually had an Indy car project going um, a few years back, and got I remember as, got, uh, got as far as building a prototype car, but. Um, never actually, it never actually saw a track. Lamborghini used to produce engines, didn't they, for for a car way back in like the I'm talking like nineties. Um, but I wasn't aware that, of any other European intervention in IndyCar really, other than when it was, um, you know, on the Grand Prix calendar. It appears to have been called the Ferrari Six Three Seven. Ah, good old Ferrari with their catchy names. Sensible names. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Nin- 1986, tested and unveiled to the press. So, okay, fair so enough. They uh, they have previous. Obviously, Ferrari going in. Forget uh, forget for- everything I just said. Um, I was ju- I'm just reading on a uh, um, Dutch RTL. Uh, TL, um, uh, uh, Schnaffnaya has said that they are expecting to keep Lance Stroll and Sergio Perez for 2021. Yeah, but he can't badmouth the boss's son, can he? He kind of has to say I that. I suppose, yeah. I mean, look no, at, not look, immediately. Look at look at the last person in that organisation to th- say things were a little bit difficult. Has anyone seen Bob Fernley recently? Well, he was he was a, he was the McLaren IndyCar guy, wasn't he? And then Alonso didn't qualify, and then no one's seen him since that. Yeah, I think he's one of the new bridges on the M6. <laughs> maybe, maybe never mind uh, that what uh, happened to VJ Malia <laughs> he's one of the bridges on the M7 <laughs> is he, is maybe, he in jail he's, 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 not, he's, not, he's, not he's not in the concrete he's just disguised as a bridge to try and get away with it <laughs> maybe Ahmad just confuses people because they, they're looking at him going you look and sound American but your name is clearly German I don't what are you like Gunter Steiner, very very <laughs> Italian sounding and very German name. <laughs> um, so yeah, Ferrari have built an Indy car before, um, albeit thirty four years ago. And if they came into Indy car, they would probably 
I can't see them using anybody else's engine, so they'd be, they'd be providing their own. Because Is it a power play. You wouldn't you wouldn't have a Ferrari with a Chrysler or a Honda engine in. No, but but is this just a power play to Formula One? Be to show like, look, could you, um, if Ferrari goes to IndyCar and stays in Formula One, it it cheapens the, like the importance for Formula One of Ferrari being there. You know, it's it's it means Ferrari isn't there, like the the jewel for Formula One, like people think it is. Well, the the, the theories that the theories that I've read is it's all down to Italian employment law. Right. I'm going to have to expand on that. Yeah, bit. You can't I, just yeah, leave it there. No, I'm, 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 I'm going to explain. Because of the budget cap, uh, Ferrari are going to have to lose some staff in a variety of departments that design. Um, we know how design and make the car. lose staff. <laughs> they are the bridges on the autostrada, <laughs> <laughs> but not the ones that collapse. Yeah, <laughs> until Dan gets to them. We, we don't mention that. <laughs> so, Italian companies, uh, apparently making somebody redundant in Italy or laying staff off, um, is nigh on impossible to do if the company is in a position of making profit and Ferrari have been reporting profits. So to give the staff something to do, they're looking at setting up an IndyCar team <laughs> so that they don't have to get rid of the staff because it, it's, the, it's the Williams gearbox thing it will actually be cheaper to set up an entire team to run a separate racing series, whether that car actually gets as far as a track or not. But it's cheaper to do that than it is to let them go because of the redundancy payments and legal fees. It's a very Ferrari thing to do as well, isn't it? <laughs> and do you know what? Like, what could go better than something Ferrari haven't got their heart in doing? <laughs> <laughs> Is this potentially as well a bit of a sort of clever accounting thing for when the salary cap does come in? If you've got suddenly people, oh, no, they're not Ferrari employees. They're not doing work for Ferrari. They're Ferrari IndyCar. Oh, that just happens to have an F1 application as well. We'll borrow that. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. McLaren Technologies, Williams Applied Technologies. Sorry, McLaren Automotive, Williams Applied Technologies. Red Bull Technology. Yeah. Oh, let's <laughs> They've all face got it. one. Let's face it. If there's a, if there's a way to like bend the rules slightly, like Ferrari will cheat. <laughs> <laughs> there's a so way. What you're saying is we can bend the rules by three or four degrees before we totally break them. Let's bend them by twenty nine degrees. <laughs> <laughs> There will come a day, you know, where they'll just rock up with three cars on the grid. Like, what are you doing? Shh. <laughs> Nobody said we couldn't. <laughs> no, no, no. Everybody said you couldn't. No, they didn't. We weren't at that meeting. We, we vetoed that resolution. <laughs> Still the ultimate... it stands. Still, the ultimate Ferrari one is, well, nobody said there was an absolute number limit on rear wings that you could have on the car. You just said how wide the rear wings were meant to be. <laughs> just to remember, the new Ferrari hasn't even got wheels on it. Nah, we vetoed physics. <laughs> <laughs> so, will we ever see a Ferrari IndyCar on track? I'm saying no. We'll see it unveiled. We'll see it tested. They've decided to abandon the project. And all the staff are now being redeployed to other areas of the company. Or I, I don't even think it'll get that far. 
Or they'll set up a separate company to run IndyCar, transfer all the staff that that don't have a role in F1 in it anymore. Oh, it didn't work. It's uh, The company's losing money. We can let them go, and it won't cost us anything now. Maybe. It'll be some, it'll be some kind of loophole that they're exploiting. Sounds about right. Yeah, typical Ferrari. Right. It does ca- sound like Ferrari. <laughs> right, calendar. It's getting closer. Uh, we now know what the first four races are going to be and when they are going to be. Two in Austria. Kind of. Yeah, two in Austria, the 5th and the 12th of July, with um, F2 and F3 as well. Yes. Then a week's break on the weekend of the 19th of July... And depending on UK quarantine, because F1 are in discussions with the UK government at the moment, two races in Silverstone on the 26th of July and the 2nd of August. Which is... And Sean's going into quarantine. Oh, excuse me. I think it looks like I've got a cat on my lap and it's kicking up a load of hair. Yeah, the, um, the, the, the government have to ratify... The two races at Silverstone behind closed doors. Silverstone have agreed it with F1, and that's wonderful. But because it was it was looking it was looking dubious this time last week because Silverstone were after more money. Yeah, but apparently an agreement has been made, uh, probably after we called Silverstone idiots last week, <laughs> and um, it appears that. We're just awaiting on government ratification, even though it's going to be behind closed doors. Because it looks like uh, the UK it still can't. Because it looks like the UK government are now going to enforce a fourteen-day quarantine period on anyone coming into the country. How does that? It also breaks mass gathering rules, even even in a garage. Yeah, it's true. So Hockenheim. Um, are in Ooh, a standby hang position. Hang on, hang on a second. Doesn't don't the mass gathering rules? Oh, isn't there a grey area there if you since the going back to work thing if, you, if you're working and you your job entails like you can't get around mass gatherings I think that's okay it, yeah if the government has said it's okay for that yeah. sector so they're having to actually apply to the UK government to get like, F1 sort of classified as Auto- exempt automotive because the automotive sector has gone back to work in the uk this week let's be fucking honest here right we've got a tory government there is no sport more tory than formula one it is the most tory sport in the world polo um what polo no no Yacht- no yachting no. nowhere near as nowhere near as much money in that than there is in <laughs> formula one toriest sport in the world um that will go through without it, without anyone even noticing it. Um, I, I don't think the the fact that whenever you hear people like Martin Brundle and uh, um, Chase Carey now talking about things, I, I know he, he said that there was there was a slight chance of no racing, but whenever there's talk now of it, everything seems so certain what what is going forward with. Um, I, I, I just can't see that calendar not happening now. I think I think there's a good chance. I mean, Hockenheim have, Hockenheim have said that they, they are on standby for any European races as well. Because yeah. the big problem at the moment seems to be Holland. 
because well, Zanfort said if it wasn't going to be on in on the original date, which has come and gone, then it wasn't going to be held. Yeah, Zanfort is not on the on the new calendar. But the last the last thing Zanfort was saying was, we want a race, but we don't want it behind closed doors. And if that's mm-hmm. the only option, we're not going to have one. They well, appear to have gone with then. that. <laughs> we don't. We we you know there doesn't have to be a Zanvot for there to be a Formula One. You know it's uh, they haven't had a, they haven't had a Formula One race there for years. Then I'd imagine they'll just have to wait for twenty twenty one. I'm sure they'll still fill the 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 circuit as well with all the crazy Verstappen fans. I think they'll still be there in twenty twenty one. There's a good chance. Have you got the yeah. rest of the calendar? In front I of have. You? Yes. Do you want me to go through it? Yes, please. Uh, so, yeah, it's Austria, 5th of July and 12th of July. Britain slash Hockenheim, 26th and the 2nd. Hungary on the 9th of August. Spain on the 23rd of August. Belgium on the 30th of August. Now, this one is because of special government Yeah, so Belgium, Belgium have banned all sport until the start of September, but they've decided because the 30th of August and it's all behind closed doors, it's close enough, it'll be fine. Um, it's also in the middle of nowhere as well. It that is, helps. yeah. It's not. It's not exactly like they're in a sprawling metropolis at Spa, is it? Sixth uh, of September, Italian GP. Twentieth of September, Azerbaijan. Twenty seventh, Russia. Fourth of October, China. Eleventh of October, Japan. Twenty fifth of October, US. First of November, Mexico. Eighth of November, Brazil. Twenty second of November, Vietnam. Let's come back. Oh, that's that's now back on the it list. It is back. Um, and then 29th of November, Bahrain. 6th of December, also Bahrain. 13th of December, Abu Dhabi. I think the thing to remember as well is, although the UK is still a bit of a shit show when it comes to coronavirus, um, even though the like, cases are going down now, aren't they? Every day the actual the cases are going down. Um, like, lots of the rest of the world are kind of getting on top of this now. You know, it's, we, we were, like, the, the way it swept across... It was kind of hitting the UK and then into America with the sort of last countries to be affected by it. So, you know, the, the co- countries that we're sending Formula One to are well ahead of where the UK are. I think it's quite it's quite easy to forget that. That That is true. I mean, obviously, Korea seems to have uh, done a great job in um, in dealing with it, but we don't want another race there. No, it was not a good no. track, that was it. <laughs> It wasn't that it wasn't a good track. It was it was the race was always racing was always terrible, and the the commentators were underground in a bunker underneath the track, and there was nothing for miles anywhere near the circuit. So there was no infrastructure, nothing at all. Well, it was bu- literally just a racetrack. Well, they built the circuit before they built the city that it was going to go in, and then they ran out of money to build the city. This always goes wrong, doesn't it? There's been a few Formula One tracks. It was like, yeah, we'll build the city later. It'll be fine. <laughs> India wasn't India. India supposed yeah, to have a city. Built that one's in the it. middle of nowhere as well, isn't it? Yeah. Turkey as well. Was that another one of those? I think. I think yep. it, it might. It's was... not that far from Istanbul, actually. I don't think uh, the Turkish one. But it was in the middle of an industrial estate or something. Was they it? missed a <laughs> trick? They missed a trick with my um, uh, suggestion of what they should have done with the Korean Grand Prix is that you have a Grand Prix that co- that covers both North and South Korea going through no man's land. Um, and when you get when you get to the wall, essentially the track is a mirror image of itself. And what you'd find is, is that the times to get around the, the other half of the track would be like half a second quicker just to get out of North Korea. 
But then a North Korean driver would win it every year, so what would be the point? Yeah, but they probably or, or do or anyway lap, in North Korea. What would happen? No, that's true. Kim Jong-un is like the 10-time Formula One world champion in North Korea. Have you not heard this? Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> is he still alive? Or even, even dead, he would still be wiping the floor with Lewis Hamilton. Hey, did you I mean... not read it? <laughs> did, you not, did you not read about it? Like, uh, the reason he hadn't been seen is because he was hauled up with like 200 concubines. He's just been sitting downstairs watching coronavirus and slinging dick for months. Oh, the, Fair enough. Oh, the, sto- the story that I read was he was stuck indoors and couldn't go out because his gout had flared up. No, that's me, Paul. No, it was him as, it was him as well. <laughs> that's, a, that's a completely different dictator. <laughs> <laughs> no, apparently you and your foot are in very good company. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd go and meet Kim. I, th- I think it would be an interesting afternoon. It would be an interesting <laughs> podcast. I'd have him on Musty Audio. <laughs> Christ, I'd even listen to that one. <laughs> I'd, try, I'd, I'd try not to meet him and then later on go, he's a great leader. I'd try and stay away from that one, but <laughs> I'd have him on. And we're back in Patreon territory. <laughs> <laughs> so so ne- that's next week's episode of Musty Audio then, is it, Lee? <laughs> I hope so, Kim. If you're listening, I will have you on anytime. <laughs> I'd be very surprised if he's listening. Yeah, I'd, I'd prefer to do over Skype. I wouldn't be surprised and, uh, if he's listening. I'd be surprised if anyone else in North Korea was listening. <laughs> I would like a dead man switch if I have to go to see you. <laughs> I haven't actually, um, I haven't actually seen any download figures from North Korea, so I can't, um, I can't check this. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll look at the numbers afterwards. <laughs> uh, sorry, number. <laughs> it's okay. I don't think you can get it on Kimnet. <laughs> That that has thrown me off completely. Where where are we going next? Oh, yes. Sim racing. We are well on that bandwagon now, aren't we? Absolutely. Actually, no. We are driving that bandwagon around a variety of circuits all across the world on our own computers. I'm I'm pretty into it. Like I'm pretty... Pretty excited. I, I've really missed it, not, like having the sore foot. I've really missed not being able to do it because I can't press the brake, brake pedal, so I can't do it. <laughs> what are you, are you a left foot or a right foot breaker? Left foot. Ah, you see, I've been I've been right foot breaking, so uh, you're gonna have to learn to do it. You, you do that in your car. Well, you've. It was good enough for good enough for Barrichello, wasn't it, for his whole Formula One career? What right foot braking? Yep. Really? He never used his left yeah, foot at all? Yeah. No, no. It, it, I, I don't even know why I remember it. I remember it being, uh, being said when he was in Williams that he'd just always done it and he hadn't been slow, so he just kept doing that. Interesting. Strange one, because you, you, at some points, during, especially during racing, um, they don't like you doing it with the carts here for some reason, up at Jerby, but uh, you, you are supposed to sort of have a little bit of pressure on the brake whilst pushing the throttle at the same time. Don't ask me. <laughs> Maybe not when it gets to the top end, you know, Formula One and all that. I don't know. I've, I've, just, I've just got a nasty habit of coming last in, last or nearly last in every race that I've done, apart from the uh, apart from the official ones. So there are drivers out there worse than me, but not that listen to this podcast by the looks of things. <laughs> we you, have you. You have bad luck. That's your problem, I think. I was actually I was actually upside down before turn one on Saturday. I watched. I swore. 
<laughs> I, did, I didn't have the volume on, unfortunately. I, I couldn't hear you. I'm really glad you didn't have the volume on just in case you had uh, Shunt Jr. in the room. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it will learn some new words. Um, even with you as a father, he would learn some new words. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we had... Um, Want to want to thank Matt Steele for helping us sort all um, all this out because we had some uh, we had some fantastic racing um, this Saturday as well. We did the um, Laguna Seca Crash Fest as we called it, and this weekend we are doing. I get I guess it is the second leg of the three legs four wheels i racing triple crown. Yeah, because we've had Indy, and on the day that it would have been the Indy 500 and the Monaco Grand Prix, the other two parts of the Triple Crown. Um, we're having the 90 minutes of Le Mans. There isn't a Monaco. Is there a Monaco on iRacing? No, we're going to have to find a suitable alternative for that, and at the moment my favourite is possibly Silverstone. Yeah, maybe. Being, being the sort of... Where form, where Why the is there no Monaco? Is it like the Azuri oh, Coast on, on um, Project Cars? No, it's because they um, they laser scan all the circuits, and obviously um, laser scanning Monaco, the circuits only actually only actually up and fully configured for four or five days every year, and it's just fine. Oh, yeah. It's actually being allowed to do it and find the time. So there's a limited number of street circuits on there, and it has to be Norschleife. Oh, that has to that has to be the third the third thing of the triple crown. Oh my god! It has to be for, for an you endurance know, when you look, when you look effort. Are available. Yeah, I mean, people are pointing people are pointing out that Project Cars Two has Monaco, but everybody would need to be on the same platform. At least with iRacing, it's only on one platform. So, yeah, yeah. is it is it called Mon- is it called Monaco or is it called the Azure Coast or something? It's the Azure, Project Cars. It's the Azure Coast on yeah. Project Cars because they didn't have the, they didn't get the rights. Oh, is this like in the NFL game where it's uh, the London Stadium? That's the one. Yeah. Or the other, um, the other one on Project Cars, the Triangle Raceway. Ah, yes. What's that? Uh, the Tricky Triangle at Pocono. Uh, I have no idea what that is. Uh, the one where Robert Wickens got seriously injured and IndyCar have dropped because it's way too dangerous. Oh, right. Kind of like an oval, but not oval. It's a triangular oval. Ha. <laughs> If whatever That's, one of those is. That is the most IndyCar thing I've ever heard. <laughs> is it it's still a NASCAR track? Yes. It's, I bet it's still a NASCAR oh, track. Of yeah. course it is. Sorry, there was a ceasefire. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course it's a NASCAR track. It's big and it's got left turns. That's not being nasty about NASCAR. That's just saying what NASCAR is. No. The C- eSports. The sea, the sea spy still holds, but going going back to esports, yeah. Um, so we've had the uh, we've had a couple of races, and we're going to be doing the ninety minutes of Le Mans on iRacing. If anybody wants in, um, drop us a message: three legs four wheels at gmail dot com or Twitter DM at three legs four wheels, and we'll put you on the list. It's um, any GTE cars or any um, LMP ones. So we're, we're doing our first multi class race. That's going to be Sunday at 8 o'clock UK time. Cool. Right, Lee, have you got your iPad kicking about? I have. Here we go. Well, I haven't got my iPad. I've got my phone. Is that right? That'll do. That'll do. Can we deal with that? Yeah, I'm just just going to hide the Discord chat so Mm -hmm. I can can see that 
I'm not seeing not seeing any uh, anyone playing along. Right. This Ooh. one has been sent in by frequent shunter, Mr. O Nasty. Ah this is always a tricky Very one. O Nasty. They start they started they started off his name was harder than his clues. <laughs> now it's the other way around because now it's the other way around because we know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> See, I joked last week that he sent in last week's one, but he's actually sent this week's one in for reals. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, I was born. Oh. Uh, oh, yay. This is just, the correct just, way to just start. Bef- on, just, before, just before you get into this, I am oh. uh, speaking to somebody who um, is working on the shunt, and he's got a name that the over-under on you getting it right is five girls. Five. Make, All right, I'll twelve. Make his name up. Five. <laughs> I'll just make his name up. I don't understand. I don't understand what's going to happen here. You know, it's obvious. <laughs> yeah, we're going to keep recording until you can say. I think, but we're, I think we're, we're can, ready. We can start now. We can start now. Uh, where's the questions? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I was born in yes. 1959. Okay. Right. Okay. okay. I, I began driving when I was seven, and by the age of 12, I had my own car. That is irresponsible parenting. <laughs> when I was 11, I was at school with some kid whose pe- both, both his parents were uh, officers in the RAF, and he claimed he had his own plane. It turned out it was an absolute bullshit. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> um, my active years began in 1979. I don't know if that's like sexually active or motor racing. <laughs> so that's like 19 years old then. That's that was even, you know, Late depending on where, for both. Well, depending on what level that is of, uh, you know, motorsport, it could be, um, that could be very feasible. If you've got a car at 12, you would think you'd be into your racing before you get to sort of 19, 20 ish. Yeah, but it depends, you know, professional racing, maybe, you know, amateur levels all the way up to then, and then a professional from then onwards. Sorry about the sound effects, Sean's breaking up a cat fight. <laughs> Actually, that was going to be the opposite of a fight if it Bruno was, got his yeah, way. That was going to be active. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're looking for somebody who may have started late mm-hmm. and is going to be 61 this year. Yeah. How old's Damon Hill? He's around about that age. Yeah, that sounds about the right age for Damon Hill. It is. Has Lee just disappeared? 61, I don't think he's quite that old. He's not far off. He was 30... Oh, yeah, maybe. He was 33 in 93, I think. So he could be. Yeah. So yeah, he he would be. He would be about the right age. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Should we go, Damon? Let's I'm go for Damon. Back. Damon for the first guess. Why not? I drove for six different manufacturers. Uh, Bra- okay. Brabham, Williams, Arrows, Jordan Arrows. Jordan. That's not necessarily specifically F1 manufacturers. Yeah. There's going to be some f3000 and mm. british f3 and probably ford yeah <laughs> i have 23 victories and 75 podiums 
I think Damon doesn't Damon Hill have twenty two, if I remember rightly, from the three legs, four wheels quiz night a few weeks back. Twenty two, I think, was mentioned. It was. And that must have been the right answer because Sean didn't pull me up on it when I sent him all the questions for proofreading. (laughs) (laughs) I was at one point the youngest world champion in my sport. I'd like a guess. I'll bet you would. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I think we're, we're not looking at Damon Hill. No. But somebody the same age. Yeah. Um, I, I've got I've got nothing at the minute. I was the no, youngest world champion in my sport. So are we suggesting this might be someone who's done something else first, and then ventured into the motorsport? Yeah, it sounds like it could be. What sport? I don't know. I'm going to go with something you'd be good at at a teen- as a teenager before you then go into your motorsport career from 20. Being grumpy. I'm really confused by I'm this one. I'm very confused. Yeah. I, might, I might be confusing the situation more with my sort of out loud hypothesising, but... I was going to go for logic, but hey. <laughs> if the cap fits... Um, yeah, I've got, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. Anybody else? Yeah, I haven't got anything either. Nothing I'm trying to think maybe it's somebody in a different sport. Mm. As to what? I'm not sure how hard this is going to be as it goes on, to be perfectly honest. (laughs) Um, so I'm not letting you bank a guess. So you can ditch it and say, fuck knows. And we can move on. But I'm not letting you bank a guess because I th- I think this is going to get more. Not maybe not more obvious. It's going to be trickier, but you, it, it, there's going to be more doors open for you as we go. Should we just say fuck it then? And move yeah, on? That's the, I think I think moving yeah, on might be fine. the smart option. Yeah. No driver has been able to repeat my feat of becoming world champion with three different manufacturers. So, uh, with three different manufacturers. So, we're definitely not looking at F1 world champion. No. I don't think so. I have a very recognizable moustache, which which I don't sport anymore. What? Well, Mansell was famous for having a tash. Yeah, but he grew his back. Um. Mansell was world champion. He's also, I think he's also older than 60, I think 61. He is. Mm. I'm just trying to think who else Mansell would have been world champion with. Williams, Newman Haas. And he's been a golfing world champion as well. Oh, Dunlop. People, people Dunlop forget this. Pin, he is then. actually the senior golf world champion, or he has been in the past. 
Has he been the youngest senior golf world champion? <laughs> I don't know. If, I have no idea. He was the, quite old when he made world champion in Formula One, wasn't he? <laughs> 40 when he won the championship in 92. Well, I mean, if you enter the Senior Golf World Championships the day of, you know, the, it starts on the day of your birthday yeah, when you hit that age yes. and win it. Yeah, also that doesn't match up with being born in 59, so it, it can't it be Nigel not. Mansell. No, but he's always been middle-aged, so he might have been born at Did. 59. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> there, we have a cat snootling up against the desk situation. Oh, it's a danger, danger it times. Is. Yeah, she's having a... She's so, having, so, She's having a danger snootle. Sometimes, sometimes it's even more dangerous to try and move them. Um, number nine. Yes, please. You have two two more guesses left and a spaffer. Uh, I have the world. I have the world speed record for driving on ice at three hundred and thirty kilometers an hour in a Bentley Continental Super uh, Super. I almost said Superstar, and then I tried to correct myself, and I almost said Superstar again. Super Sports. So this is probably someone of the rallying world. That sounds like their kind of thing, fannying about on Nordic. ice. Bear, yes. Bearing in mind the nationality of the sender. Ah, that is true. Yes, I don't want to. You don't want to sort of typecast. You are Kankanen. <laughs> no, you are Kankanen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she right. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to top that one, am I? No. <laughs> when I was 51, I finished an impressive eighth in the 16th Rally of Finland in 2010. When I was how old? 51. 51. 51 years of age. I think you might. 2010. You might. You might be right on that. It sounds sounds about the right age because. No, I think Johan Hansen was actually quite a bit. That means Johan Hansen would have been like thirty-one in the early nineties. I think he was even older than that then. Uh, Tommy Mackinnon. Maybe could be Tommy Mackinnon. Who's he? Who's he won world championships for though? I think it's only Mitsubishi. Maybe. Throw Ford and Subaru in there because they always win rallies. Would you like to go in with a guess? Would you like to go in for the pride guess now? Or would a, you like it's a moderate shout, I think. Go, go with that one then, Tommy Mackinnon. Yeah, Tommy Mackinnon, why not? I'm Yuha Kankinnon. Damn. Santeri, you got uh, us again. I, uh, 11 Spaffer was I drove for. Uh, I, um, I drove for and including Lancia, Salbert and Toyota, where my co-driver was the none, none other than, is it Nicky Grist? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, like legendary pairing. Bloody I hell. Th I thought you had that. As soon as Flood said it, I thought, oh, this is it. We've got it. We've got it. <laughs> and then, yeah. yeah. I would have got it. I probably would have got it with the Spaffer, to be fair. But, yeah. Yeah, that was kind of, we talked ourselves out of that one. No, that that was a good one. How do you uh, how do you send in a shunt? You can tweet me at a total shunt in a private message, or you can send me a private message on um, that Instagram thing. That that thing where the photos live. Yeah, if you re if you really want to get excited about it, you can try do it in interpretive dance and send it to me on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, oh, you've no, just well, faded away I've, there. I've, 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 I've toyed with the idea of using it for podcast promotion, but I haven't done it yet. 
I'm not. I'm not be... quite sure how to do it without w- w- f- anywhere near useful. That's what I'm, like, I'm going to be honest here. I'm old, okay? But I know I'm old because I see youths sharing TikTok videos on other platforms, and I'm like, don't get it. No. Well, the funny thing is, I was looking at videos on there today, and it seems to be getting Facebooked where the like the grown-ups are getting involved in it, and I can't help think that like these poor like, 14, 15-year-olds thinking, oh, fuck off. Get away from our thing immediately. <laughs> the other thing of course that stops you doing tiktok is it's mainly for doing like you say interpretive dances and that's not really your strong point at the moment is it not right well you, you don't know but maybe <laughs> it would help <laughs> if you want to get in touch with um with the rest of us I've already given the email address out but i'll do it again three legs wheels at gmail.com and we're at three legs wheels on facebook twitter and uh, the instagram thing we're not on tiktok and i don't think we plan to be uh we've got the discord server as well um just get in touch and i'll i'll send you the link for that because it's a complicated one with letters and numbers um and obviously if you're a patreon subscriber you get to listen to this show a couple of days early it comes out on a monday night for patrons at the moment and everybody else gets it on wednesday but if you want early access or even to listen to um listen to it live when we do it on discord every um every monday night Sign up to. So you can hear all of the things that Paul edits out for the main podcast. You know, <laughs> do, do you know what? I tend to edit very little. It's usually adding extra things in when Tuesday news happens. <laughs> well, tomorrow it's going to be friend under Alonso getting confirmed for Renault, isn't it? Oh uh, yeah. Well, I'm off work, so I can actually get the recording gear out first thing in the morning and um, do the uh, do the edit, or uh, as it turned out last week, do an entire extra show, 20, 20 minute jump cut, and I hope everybody enjoyed the sound effects that I threw into it as well. I'll explain. Oh, you put sound effects on it. What I I did was, we did that 20-minute extra show last week. I packaged that one up as one show for all the patrons. And then I thought, what am I going to do with this for the main show for everyone that's not heard it yet? So I stuck it on the front and then put a tape rewinding noise in and then put the show that we'd recorded on Monday in. Ah, very good. You know, sort of, um, I'm getting getting all uh, old-school UK garage here. Empty cans by the streets. (laughs) (laughs) there's a niche reference um very 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 niche but yeah if you want to listen to the show live live as we're doing it while we're in uh while we're in the lockdown situation or get to hear it on a on a monday instead of a wednesday just go to patreon.com slash three legs four wheels like a lot of people have done and um sign up from as little as one dollar a month and uh you will uh you will get that we want to thank everyone that's joined us recently on patreon as well as all our existing patrons as well. Can't thank you enough for all all your support. It's been um, it's it's genuinely it's genuinely been moving, hasn't it? Just it has. Yeah. Thank yeah. you very much for 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 everyone's support, especially when and up until now we haven't really had Formula One to talk about. So you've been supporting us, talking about ourselves, which <laughs> which is a bit strange. But thank you very much. It is it is, it is very much appreciated. That's great. It's also nice to nice to provide some sort of entertainment for people as well. Yeah, you know, well as well everyone's got loads of time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And this you know, this is this is why we've um we've kept going. And thank you for get thank you to everyone who's been getting in touch with us at so, on social media as well. Uh really enjoying talking to people on Discord. I never thought I'd actually have a use for that, but 
fantastic no. fantastic app so you should uh, should get on there more if you want to get in touch with us individually by the way our individual twitter handles are at sean cowper at flood 21 and at pablo 100 um just a reminder on the formula lee challenge because not mentioned that even though we were talking about sim racing earlier it's monaco in the wet in the 2019 mclaren and you've got until monday the 25th seven o'clock uk time to get that into us um, I think that about wraps it up for this week, doesn't it? Pretty much so. Yeah. If you're on Discord, hang around. We'll be um, we'll be in the we'll be in the voice chat straight after. Um, God knows what we're going to talk about next week because it hasn't happened yet. But I'm pretty sure there's going to be more F1 news coming out. Facts. <laughs> we will almost definitely. Yeah. Right. We'll see you next week. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Bye.